how are you? I basically disappeared from this podcast for the past two years, and I owe you an explanation. If this is your first time listening, hey, I'm Lauren of Lauren Leslie Studio. I'm an artist and textile designer, and I started the Design Tribe podcast back in 2019 as a way to add some transparency to someone who is just getting started in surface pattern design in this whole licensing world, really. In this episode, I'm going to spill the tea on what it's really like to be a full-time artist. And full disclosure, it's not exactly how I thought it would be. But first, let me explain where I've been and what the plan is for the Design Tribe podcast moving forward. So back in the fall of 2021, I decided to go back to an in-house job, and I found out I was pregnant all in the same month. On top of that, my husband and I decided to move houses to have a more suitable neighborhood for our baby to grow up in. The idea of moving after our daughter was born just really stressed me out, so we were on an intense timeline trying to find the right place. And if you remember, that at the time, the housing market was incredibly competitive when we were moving, and it basically took up 150% of my time. We literally closed in our old house one week before my daughter was born, like to the day. And then she came into the world, and of course, my full attention was on her. She didn't sleep through the night for the first nine months, so you know how that goes. <laughs> Good times. So I'm very sorry that I've been gone for so long. That was never really the plan, but you know, sometimes life gets in the way of our creative pursuits. Okay, so what is the plan for the Design Tribe podcast moving forward? During the season of life, I just have to be kind of realistic about the fact that I don't really have enough time to conduct a whole lot of interviews myself, but that doesn't mean I won't in the future. So I kind of hate the idea of letting this podcast just die because of my own time constraints. So I started thinking outside of the box and was wondering what would be feasible for the podcast moving forward. And sometimes as artists and designers, we just you know, we don't have time to create all of the content all by ourselves, especially when we have a million other things to do, like designing. <laughs> it's probably been a year since I've even posted an Instagram post on my actual feed, but I'm, I'm constantly posting on my stories. So if you follow me, make sure to check out the stories because I'm always posting there. But the point is, I started thinking, what if the design tribe really lived up to its name and became more of a collective effort? Wouldn't it be great to hear from all different voices and different artists who have different experiences and maybe want to do different types of interviews? So I'm opening up the podcast to publish more guest episodes. That means if you are a designer or artist who has conducted your own interviews, either in, you know, it could be podcast format or either on YouTube, and let's say you'd like to repurpose your episodes for further reach, please get in touch with me especially if you find yourself unable to keep up with a demanding weekly interview schedule on your own podcast, I'd love to collaborate with you. Wouldn't it be great to just slow down and put our content efforts together and get a bigger bang for your buck? Imagine if you could relax the pace and schedule out, you know, like more like one interview per month or, you know, whatever schedule works for you. The Design Tribe podcast is the perfect place to contribute those podcast episodes and reach even more people. And if you have a podcast episode and you simply want to repurpose an episode and publish it on the Design Tribe, I'm open to that too. So if that sounds interesting to you, please look in the show notes for an application. Okay, so now let's get into the good stuff. Why the heck did I return to an in-house job and what was it really like being a full-time artist? So I dreamed about being a full-time artist really for as long as I can remember. I mean, back in college, I was an oil painter. So back then I envisioned something more along the lines of fine art or painting portraits or commissions, um, having exhibitions, things like that. But upon graduating, I realized I needed a job and like a stable way to pay my bills. 
So I got my first job in graphic design at a t-shirt company. And while I love some of the people I worked with, I still longed for something more creative. I wanted to be drawing again. And that's when I discovered textile design. I ended up pivoting to a textile design job and have honestly really loved working as a textile designer. It's been a 10 times more fulfilling career than graphic design ever was for me. However, at my first textile design job, I worked with a lot of licensed artists. This is when I first got an education about licensing and I started thinking, huh, how do I get on the other side of this licensing thing? I saw that these artists had their own style, their own brand, and their own name on their own designs. And they got to keep the copyright and license their work across multiple products. Plus, it was a type of passive income. And what was really cool is that they were, you know, independent business owners. And that sounded like something I really wanted to do. Long story short, I went independent and started my own design business back in 2019. I worked really hard to develop my own art style. I exhibited at Blueprint Trade Show, and I landed my first licensing deal. Things were really starting to happen. But the reality with licensing is that it takes a long time (laughs) to get paid. And if you've done any licensing, you will be very familiar with this. I kind of already knew that, and I thought, okay, well, if I can get multiple deals throughout the year, then it will start to build up, and I'll gain momentum, and you know, eventually it'll start trickling in and I can probably replace my old salary by the end of the year. And friend, let me just tell you that is not what happened. I quickly realized how difficult the licensing world is in terms of making a full-time income from it. I even signed with an agent, but it didn't prove to be very fruitful. I wasn't getting a lot of deals through my agent and I became really frustrated since I had no control over the process at that point. I didn't really know how often they were pitching me or who they were pitching me to. And when I did get a deal, I basically had to split my income by 50%. And so that was extremely frustrating for me. I thought that the agent was going to get me enough deals to make it worth you know, the cut that they were taking, but that's actually not what happened. And I'm not blaming the agent. That's probably partially my fault. Maybe I signed with the wrong person, or maybe they didn't understand my art, or maybe my art just wasn't mature enough yet. There's a lot of reasons as to why that was happening. COVID was also starting to go on. So that impacted the industry a lot as well. But that didn't change the fact that I needed to make an income. (laughs) Now I realized that some artists are able to build six or even seven figure businesses from licensing. But the truth is that Licensing income can fluctuate a lot, and it does fluctuate a lot for most artists. I learned that most artists are supplementing their licensing income with multiple streams of income, and I can guarantee that the majority of these six or seven figure art businesses are doing the same. I made a lot of friends in the surface pattern world, and I'm so grateful for their transparency and kindness and willingness to just talk to me. I mean, they're really cool people. Hey, if you're listening (laughs) and we've met. (laughs) Most artists supplement their income either with freelance work, a YouTube channel, teaching, coaching, selling books, or some other means of reliable income. This means all your eggs aren't in one basket so that if the licensing isn't really going well, you have other things to fall back on. And this is just the reality of licensing for 99% of artists. I basically tried all the things, which took a lot of time. Sometimes it even felt like a chicken with its head cut off, just running around trying to make this independent artist thing work out. (laughs) I always felt spread too thin. And maybe if I had concentrated on one or two alternate streams of income instead of like a million, I would have maybe had more success earlier on. But the truth is without some experimentation, you just don't really know what you're going to enjoy doing or what's going to work for you. What's going to really bring home the bacon. So I realized that I absolutely hated doing freelance work, but I enjoyed making YouTube videos and teaching classes. The funny thing is I thought I would always love freelance work. 
I used to fantasize about working from home, making my own schedule, being able to travel and take my laptop on the go, and then, you know, choosing clients that I worked with. And hey, some designers really do love working with their freelance clients. I think if you can nail down some really good clients who repeatedly come back to you with a reliable stream of work, it can be a lot better than my experience. So my experience is not to say that it will be your experience. I had so many people contact me who gave me a design brief, said they wanted to hire me, and then crickets. They would completely ghost me. For the freelance gigs I did have, I kind of felt nickel and dime to the point where I dreaded working on their projects. I think you know you're getting paid the right amount when you feel excited to work on a project for a client. And I know, I know, Lauren, you need to charge more. I really feel like I tried to charge an appropriate amount, but I felt resentful that so many people wasted so much of my time. A lot of that time was spent emailing and sending quotes, and of course, I never got paid for that time. And I understand that you need to charge more in freelance work to account for this if you really want to make it as a freelance designer, but that just wasn't the reality that I was experiencing, and I really struggled with this. I kept thinking that all I ever really wanted to do was license my artwork and see my name on my own art. I wanted to see it exist out in the world and for people to know that I made it. Of course, I wanted to earn a living from it, but that could take years of buildup and I really didn't have that much time, like years and years, to spend waiting on having a full-time income. I just kept thinking if I need to do this much work to supplement my licensing, wouldn't it just be easier if I supplement it with an in-house job? You see, a lot of the ways artists supplement their income also take a very long time to create. It's just very time-consuming. It can take at least a year to write a book or create a class. It might not seem like that, but creating a class is a lot of work. With online teaching, there's all the planning, writing, filming, editing, uploading, and designing the pages. And then after that, there's all of the marketing you have to do to make sure that people even know about your class. And yes, I enjoyed creating classes, and I plan to do more in the future. But I also felt like it was taking a lot of time away from actually creating art, which is why I wanted to be a full-time artist in the first place. (laughs) So it just wasn't really making a whole lot of sense. I spent so much time and energy trying to supplement my income, my licensing income that is, that I was probably only spending about 10% of my time actually making art, which makes it hard to actually grow the licensing sector. There were definitely a lot of things I enjoyed about being a full-time artist, but ultimately I was just really stressed out about not being able to replace my old salary from my textile design job soon enough. So lo and behold, a new position opened up at my old company for a senior designer, and I was extremely interested in the category, so I rejoined. And in the same month, I found out I was pregnant. (laughs) So crazy month. So needless to say, the past two years have just been a whirlwind and kind of a blur. And I don't say this to complain or kill your dreams. I I certainly want to encourage you if you want to be a full-time artist, I just think it's important to discuss the reality around licensing because it's so easy to get the impression that this is going to be an amazing passive income stream that will make you rich or eventually can at least replace your full-time income. All that being said, licensing is still my favorite thing to do. It's a little odd because the money really isn't amazing, or it hasn't at least been for me, but it's so rewarding to see your own prints on products and to know that you keep the copyright and your name is on it. At this point, it does feel like a fun little bonus every time I get a licensing check in the mail, and it's not stressing me out because I know I'm not relying on it. I have my base salary. But my in-house job is also rewarding. Next year, I will see my textile designs on products in Target, HomeGoods, and Walmart, and I mean, this is extremely exciting and very satisfying. I'll be able to walk through the stores and say, hey, I did that, even if my name's not on it. I think sometimes the narrative out there is working an in-house job means you're kind of a failure in some way, but I really want to reject that here. And I don't want you to feel bad if you're still working an in-house job. The fact that big box stores are buying my designs for my in-house jobs means I'm a pretty good designer. So I should, you know, take that as a compliment. (laughs) 
And sure, I wish my name was going to be on the products, but it won't be, and that's perfectly okay. I have the internal satisfaction of knowing my designs are selling out there in the world, and honestly, that's enough. I also find that I can really be more creative when I'm more relaxed and not so stressed about money. It's really hard to be creative and do your best work when you are constantly stressed and in kind of that survival mode um, of trying to make more money. So having a reliable paycheck every month and a 401k allows me to pay my bills and just feel financially secure. And when I can be more relaxed about money, I can allow myself to play, to experiment, and really build up my portfolio without an insane amount of pressure. I'm actually in a better place to work on my licensing portfolio because I'm not scrambling for new freelance jobs, replying to art directors who are going to ghost me, or feeling stressed trying to haggle my prices. With a reliable income, I'm also able to take more courses and level up my business needs. I also feel good about being able to provide for my new daughter. And I know it shouldn't be about this, but when I worked independently, I kind of realized a lot of my self-worth was tied to the amount of income I was able to bring in. And I really felt a lot of pride being able to contribute to my family. Mental health kind of became a struggle because I felt like if my art wasn't raking in the dollars, then it was no good. And that's just simply not true. I definitely felt like I grew a ton by having the experience of being an independent artist, so I wouldn't change that. I certainly learned way faster about the surface pattern industry by being immersed in it than I would have otherwise, so I really cherish my time as an independent designer. I made a ton of friends, and I was bolder about reaching out to other designers, probably because I was spending most of my days alone, and so were they. I wouldn't trade the experience at all, trust me. But at least for now, I feel a lot more stable and relaxed by working an in-house job as a senior textile designer. I say all of this so that you don't feel bad if you're still working an in-house job as well. Being a full-time artist, just it's not everything that it's cracked up to be. It can be amazing, but it can also be really, really hard. Unless you have a partner to support you or about five years worth of savings or some fantastic freelance clients or some other income stream that can support you, I would actually recommend keeping your side hustle as your side hustle, at least until your side hustle is earning enough to support you and you're really feeling secure making that leap going independent. So what are some of the side hustles you should work on in the meantime? If you want to be an independent artist one day, I'd first recommend working on developing your art style. I teach an entire program on developing your art style and it's the same process that worked for me when I exhibited at my very first trade show and landed my first licensing deal. I so wish I'd been able to take a course like this before I made the jump to being a full-time artist. It would have been so nice to be able to hit the ground running and get licensing deals upfront. The course is called Art Style Academy and it uses my triad method of three stages to fully develop your own art style. Check out the link in the show notes if you're interested, or you can always visit my website to find out more at laurenlesley.com and Leslie is spelled with an E-Y. Thanks so much for listening. I'll hopefully be back with some guest episodes very soon. Bye guys.